0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the fifth Sunday after Pentecost is from Zechariah chapter 9. Be very happy, people of Zion. Shout aloud, people of Jerusalem. You see, your king will come to you. He is righteous and victorious, poor and riding on a donkey, on a young burrow, the colt of a donkey. He will get rid of the chariots in Ephraim and the war horses in Jerusalem. He will also get rid of the bow used in battle. He will talk peace to the nations. And he will rule from sea to sea and from the Euphrates River to the end of the world. And for you also, because you have a covenant made with blood, I'll send your captives out of the waterless pit. They will return to the fortified city as captives who have hope. Even now I'm telling you, I'll restore to you twice as much for all you've gone through. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading is from Romans chapter 7. We know the law is spiritual, but I am flesh, sold to be a slave of sin. I'm doing something strange because I don't do what I want to do, but I do what I hate. And if I do what I don't want to do, I agree that the law is right. It is really no longer I who am doing it, but sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh. I'm willing, but I'm not doing what is right. I don't do the good things I want to do, but, the, but I do the evil I don't want to do. Now, if I do what I don't want to do, it is no longer I who am doing it, but sin living in me. So I find this to be a rule. When I want to do what is right, evil is there with me. In my inner being, I delight in God's law. But all through my body, I see another law fighting against the law in my mind and making me a prisoner to the sin ruling my body. What a miserable man I am. Who will rescue me from the body that brings me to this death? Thank God. He does it through our Lord, Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, at that time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for hiding these things from wise and intelligent people and uncovering them for little children. Yes, Father, I praise you for wanting it to be that way. My Father put everything in my hands. Only the Father knows the Son, and only the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wants to reveal Him, knows the Father. Come to me, all you who are working hard and carrying a heavy load and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble-minded. Then you will find your rest. My yoke is easy, and my load is light. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Our sermon text today is our Gospel text. Grace and peace you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Tradition. For some people, the word has become a bad word. They react negatively to doing something because it is tradition. After all, Jesus spoke against the Pharisees and scribes, accusing them. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. Matthew fifteen six. But the word tradition simply means what is handed down. Tradition is teachings and practices that have been passed on from one person to another. In fact, Jesus uses the verb form of tradition in our text when he says, in verse 27, All things have been handed over to me by my Father. Jesus then passes on to his disciples the tradition he received from the Father. Thus, tradition itself isn't bad. Now, All we have in biblical testimony ultimately is tradition. Everything we know about God is handed down to us. The question then is, what is your source of tradition? This is far more important than whether something is traditional or not. We have many things that have been handed down to us. We have our family histories, our country's history, and many other practices in life and church. My parents handed down a tradition of brushing my teeth. It's a good tradition founded on some scientific knowledge for healthy teeth. Although it's not like there haven't been changes or improvements to that tradition. I also grew up in a family and time where TV watching was a big part of my tradition. This was what most kids and families in my community did. It was a big part of American culture and still is. In 2017, the average American watched about four hours of TV a day. This tradition is one that my wife and I sought to change for our children. We altered the tradition I grew up with in part because of the studies that showed how negatively TV affects young minds. Now I mention this only to point out that some traditions are good and some are not so good. What is of first importance is to find out from where does this tradition arise, and of secondary purpose purpose, is to evaluate the tradition. When it comes to what Jesus teaches, We see it comes from God the Father who has given it to the Son to teach us. Here we have confidence in what is taught about who God is. Seeing as no one else truly knows God and no one else truly knows the Father, we need Jesus to teach us. We need Him to hand down to us the identity of who God is. And He does just that here. He teaches us the kind of God He is. He is gentle and humble in heart. He teaches us that this is who he is, and that makes the difference. He is the God who has come to give us rest and relief. Just a few verses before this section in Matthew, Jesus was bemoaning that many Galileans didn't repent in spite of the mighty works he did among them. He had gone into their cities and spoken the words that the father had given him to speak and he performed signs and wonders and they didn't believe. It appeared like Jesus' ministry was a failure. But Jesus rejoices that the father did reveal himself to little children, to kids and infants. The wise and learned don't think they need Jesus They think they're good enough or that they can achieve righteousness themselves. They don't need what Jesus is offering. Infants, on the other hand, are utterly dependent on someone else to rescue them and save them. They need someone to care for them and feed them. They are beggars. To such beggars, God has been revealed. His words have been handed down. But not because of anything about them. It's not like such beggars are more qualified. By God's grace, such beggars have realized their true need. Indeed, Jesus has come to teach us that. He has come to bring all people to know God by opening their eyes to see that they are weary beggars in need of salvation and deliverance and rest in Him. Look at His call. Come to me all who are weary and who have been burdened. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. He is calling to all of us. He's calling to the whole world. Now just look around you. Much that is going on in this world is happening to open our eyes to how much we need God. If you're not wearied by the threat of COVID-19, you might be wearied by the regulations. If you're not wearied and burdened by the news of injustice by governmental authorities or by police, then maybe the riots and statue toppling do it for you. There's plenty to weary you and burden you in this world. There's man's inhumanity against man. There's injustice and racism. There's destruction and violence. There's illness, disease, and pollution. We need rest and relief. But our world is full of troubles and man's answers to such troubles are ignore them try to do better or tear it down and restart but none of these actually fixes the problem none of these changes hearts and minds all these solutions depend on man's ability to do good or to believe in man's innate goodness. These solutions to racism, inequality, and other problems won't work because the cause of such problems is never addressed by man. For the problem is in mankind. It is sin. It is evil. And no changes or efforts on our part are going to change that fundamental problem. This is the tradition of man. This is what has been handed down to us and what we are handing down to our own kids. It's a weary tradition. Which is why we have Jesus standing before us. In the face of all this destruction and trouble, He is offering to give us life with true peace and rest to restore our souls. We need new life. We need a new identity. We need to know who God is, that he is not out to destroy us as we deserve. We deserve to lose everything, to have society burned down, to have our lives taken, to have our legacies and families erased. But God is gentle. He humbles himself to serve you and me. He acts for your benefit and mine. He stoops down to our level and serves us. He takes our heavy burdens of sin and our work that we can't do, and He finishes it. Jesus bears our burdens, and He gives us His easy, comfortable, and light yoke. He doesn't overburden us, nor make us work to save ourselves, or even to maintain our salvation. No, Jesus earns and accomplishes our salvation for us. He has done it for you. Here in Matthew, he speaks tenderly to you. He invites you in. He offers you rest. He hands you a new tradition, one of God's work for you, a tradition of life and rest. He speaks like the words of Psalm 23. The shepherd who makes you lie down in green pastures and besides the waters, who restores your soul. He protects you from death, even as you pass to the valley of the shadow of death. He leads you to a feast, a table he has prepared in the presence of your enemies. Yes, Jesus gives you rest in front of those who want to destroy you. In front of the world, your flesh, and the devil, Jesus brings you his body and blood. He comes to you to give you life and salvation. He comes to you to bring you his goodness and mercy so that your cup overflows and you live forever with him. What a great comfort. And Jesus, your weariness ends. And Jesus, your burdens are removed. For your sin is forgiven. Jesus took it, all of it. He went to the cross with it. He bore it and died under it. And he rose again to revive you and bring you life. Your sins are no more. Jesus has dealt gently with you. He has had compassion on you. Your evils have been expunged. And on top of this, in Christ Jesus, a better world, a perfect world, a new creation has been established, a world without violence and without injustice, a world without racism or division. Soon, one day, Jesus will return to bring you and me into that rest forever, just as he promised and now the peace of god which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in grace jesus our lord amen the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the lord look upon you with favor and give you peace amen all readings prior to the sermon come from an American translation of the Bible.